Welcome to SAP Mobile Matters, the podcast that explores how mobile technology is changing the way we work. This episode is featuring Kaust as part of our theme, Customer in the Spotlight, in which you can learn how businesses are using mobile tech to transform their work and deliver value to their employees. My name is Karina Rosenau. I'm Customer Engagement Lead for Mobile Experience and Engineering at SAP. And I'm thrilled to have with us today Juan Cavallo, Experience Design and Architecture Manager at Kaust, and Andre Russell, Director at Swahana Rice Center of Excellence at SAP. Join us as we uncover how Kaust leveraged the potential of their entrance hub, Kaust Central, to reduce their energy consumption and to spread magic amongst their users. Besides the technical foundation of the mobile app, the SAP BTP SDK for iOS, we will also talk about the importance of a vision for the future and how technology can be leveraged to even further enrich the life at Kaust. So grab a coffee, sit back and tune in for an insightful conversation all about Kaust and their innovative mobile offerings. I'm pleased to welcome two speakers today. Welcome Juan Cavallo from Kaust and Andre Russell from SAP. So first of all, Andre, please introduce yourself and uh, to, to our audience, tell them maybe also a little bit about what you do at SAP. Thanks, Karina. Hey, I am the Director of Center of Excellence for RISE and EMEA. And part of my role in when I was helping Juan and Kaust was I was actually the BTP COE. Uh, and in, in part of that role, my job was really helping uh, customers understand how they could use the BPT technology and um, how they could leverage that to drive innovation uh, within their organization. That's super interesting. You already covered a little bit about um, that you work together with Kaus, and I think it's obvious um, because I invited you both uh, to the SAP Mobile Matters podcast here today. We'll certainly dive more into that um, throughout this session. Um, but now I would really like uh, to extend a warm welcome to our external guest from Kaus, Juan Cavallo. So please uh, introduce yourself as well and tell us a little bit about your background, please. Thank you, Karina, for the introduction and the invitation to share our journey with you. As you mentioned, I'm Juan Carvalho, and I consider myself a world citizen to all the places where I have lived and worked. Uh, I work at CAOS as a experience design and architecture manager, uh, where as part of my responsibilities, I am also the product manager of the CAOS Central ecosystem. I've been living at CAOS for the past eight years, and I'm an engineer with background in networking in the networking industry. Uh, but I've always been passionate about enterprise architecture and user experience. And this is what led me to this role uh, that I've been doing at CAUS for the past five years. Oh, thank you so much. We've um, now mentioned the name CAUS several times. And um, as usual, for our listeners, I did a little bit of research um, about what is CAUS. And uh, I would like, as usual, to uh, point my facts that I found out um, and then hear from you, Juan, maybe... You can explain it in your own words even um, or say some some additions that I might have missed. So KAUST is the King Abdullah University of Science and Technology. That's what the abbreviation stands for. And it's a graduate level research university that was established in 2009, located on the shores of the Red Sea in Saudi Arabia. KAUST is dedicated to advancing science and technology through interdisciplinary research, education and innovation and the research that is conducted by students, faculty, and scientists, and engineers aims to address the world's pressing scientific and technological changes, challenges related to food, water, energy, and the environment. 
And a few numbers as well. Um, so the university, university currently educates and trains over 900 masters and doctoral students supported by an academic community of 150 faculty members, 400 postdocs and 300 research scientists. Um, and there is 100 nationalities working and living at KAUST. Um, so um, people and ideas from all over the world. Over to you, Juan. Did I miss anything? Yeah, that, that's a really nice introduction. So thank you. I mean, the numbers are a little bit higher now. Uh, but yes, I'd like to add something to it as well, you know, that I'd like to highlight that besides being a, a university, which is what brought us all together, a research institution where we try to attract the most bright minds in, in the world to work with us. We see cows as a as a small city where around 8,000 people lives and work from over 120 nationalities. That's a little bit more of an accurate number. So it's a very multicultural place and that provides a lot of uh, thrill to the experience about being here, you know? Uh, interesting. And we call cows a, smart, uh, a small city because we have our own school system in here. Uh, as a matter of fact, we have more students in the school than are students in the university itself. So, so yes, we have an interesting oh. community. And the, in the school, I think that we have around 2,500 students already uh, in the from nursery all the way to grade 12. So it's a complete IB uh, school what we have at CAUS, right? So we have our own police. I mean, our own commercial and clinic area. Uh, we generate the water that we consume and a lot of the electricity, a big portion of the electricity as well, we also generate in here. Uh, we have our recycling facilities, recreation areas. So in reality, we are a city, a small city, and we are located around 120 kilometers north of Jeddah, around 100 kilometers from Jeddah. Anna. So I should say that in a nutshell, I mean, the president of Kaust is in reality also the major of a small city. Yeah? Uh, and that provides a great advantage, you know, when we want to position Kaust as a smart city and living lab, you know, uh, where we can explore innovate and test many technologies and concepts, which is what we are and my team is about, right? So funny story, I mean, I'd like to share with you guys. Uh, it is very common here when you ask a kid uh, in the young age, right? A toddler or four-year-old kid, where are you from? Uh, a lot of them will answer, I'm from Kaust. Instead of telling you <laughs> the country where they're from, mm -hmm. they say, Anna Kaust, and I'm from Kaust. So it's becoming almost for us like, a, okay, a nationality. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that is super insightful, actually. And also, if you think of the opportunities that this creates, um, especially related to research and uh, innovation, uh, very exciting. Um, what is it that you do at KAUST? So maybe a bit of, um, now that we heard of the broad environment and the options that are there, um, narrow down on, on what's your field there. Mm -hmm. Well, I love that question. You know, I mean, I'm part of a team that has been tasked of transforming KAUST in a, in a smart city and a, and a living lab, you know? And we do this in collaboration with many internal stakeholders. So we, our role is to engage with a lot of internal business teams to make sure that we break any type of silo and that we actually are, are as inclusive as possible. And in this journey, what we do is we need to collaborate with a lot of government and external organizations so that they, they want to be part of this journey, right? How cows can be used as that living lab and how can we convert into a smart city, you know? So in my day today, I lead a, a team of a great team. I'm very happy to work with the, with the team that I have of experienced designers, enterprise architects, application developers who are tasked to identify needs 
uh, and then define the way for how we can reach out, uh, convert those needs into a reality, you know, bring those capabilities in place that are needed to be able to satisfy those needs in the more uh, simple, useful, and hopefully joyful way. Mm. Yeah, nice, interesting as well. Um, so very technology related, your role. Um, now, of course, we're here on the SAP Mobile Matters podcast. Um, and uh, I would like to come to the questions that we actually ask every of our participants here that are very mobile related, not so much maybe to your role, but to actually both of you as, as, as um, personal question or your personal um, interests. Um, why is mobile interesting to you? Um, and maybe Andre, maybe we can start with you on that one. Yeah, I, th I think, uh, once again, I think it's a great question. I think the um, the thing that inspires me, um, having worked at SAP now for, for 12 years, is people get used to this SAP, SAP GUI and their screens from, from yesteryear. So once you can show them an application that uses SAP data that they can use kind of anytime, anywhere, on any device, and, and it's really helping them. And, and yet they're not looking at that saying, this is SAP. And so the data is there, but what I think Juan and the Kaus team have done is said, we, you know, we'll design a GUI and an interface. It doesn't have to look like SAP. It just needs to use SAP data. And so if you looked at any of the screens and the applications that, that Juan and the team have used, you, you would not be able to tell that it's SAP. Right. And I think that's the most exciting thing that we have done with all this SAP data is use that user centric approach. And Juan and his team have been really good at that. This is we just need to deliver solutions that are very simple and easy for the students to use. And I think for me, that's what's so exciting is when you see these people using the applications and the solutions in the way that we dreamt up on some of these whiteboards. And because we've taken that approach, um, the users using them well and actually loving it and enjoying it as opposed to the experience that they previously had using SAP and that GUI experience that they were just dying to get away from. What about you, Juan? Yeah, I think that you, you nail it. And, and it goes very much in line with what I mentioned before. You know, mo why mobile? Well, I think it's about, number one, the utility that it provides to, to the end users, right? Then the possibilities to make it simple and the portability, right? It is with you, it is in the tip of your fingers, you can use it anywhere that you want. And the mantra or the, the goal that we always put as part of our principles, right? If on top of it, we make it joyful, that is very fun for the user to use and they feel like, okay, this is good, it adapts to my needs. And it, it provides a lot of opportunities to make it a really personalized experience you know when you're using the application or the whatever service that we want to provide to them so mobility provides those kind of um, characteristics that i think are, are very difficult to achieve with other platforms so for, for us that's why we actually implemented a mobile first uh, uh, principle uh, uh, as part of our journey right Oh, that's music to my ears to say <laughs> um, very straight out of course um I'm also um, an absolute mobile enthusiast, and uh, I can only I can only really relate to what you say. And I can tell from your answer that you obviously spend a lot of time um, also considering um, advantages of mobile and also living that already. 
Um, so living that uh, brings me to the next question, the magic mobile moment. Uh, we asked that um, also every participant in the podcast. And um, what do we mean with that? Um, for me, a magic mobile moment is a situation in which um, I'm surprised, maybe positively surprised by my phone. It makes my life easier in a way um, that, for example, I have um, a flight coming up and my calendar uh, tells me to leave uh, my current place or location right now because there's a bit of traffic and I want to get to the airport on time. This for me would be a magic mobile moment where my phone helps me to organize my life um, and using intelligence actually to provide the right data or the right point in time in this case. Um, did you uh, have any magic mobile moment that you wanted to share with us here? You know, I, I think a, mag a magic moment related to this particular project is seeing the joy in the students' eyes, right? That we engage them from a very early on stage where we asked them to come in and, and did some whiteboarding sessions with them. But I, I think there's a bit of nervous anticipation from them about what it is we're actually going to be able to deliver them, right? So their, their expectations are... You know, um, I have applications that I download from the app store. So um, Andre and Juan, when you deliver something, my expectation is going to be as good as that, right? I have to mm -hmm. download this thing and whatever it is, it's going to have to work. It's going to have to be great. I'm going to have to trust this data and, and it better just work. And and so I think a magic moment is seeing um, seeing the students use those applications with that joy, right? And not looking at the application when they download and be like... Oh my God, right? But instead opening it and going, this is what, this is exactly what I asked for. And once you see that joy in, in their face about, you know, now it's not an app that necessarily um, Andre and Juan created. It's an app that the students asked for or the people from the faculty asked for. It's now their app. And so to get the, 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 the thing that's so great about that is going back to that community and saying, what do you want next becomes a lot easier because the, the impression is, well, it's my app. And now that you've created it and built it, if you could do this for me and this for me, that would be great. So I, I think that's the magic moment, seeing the joy in, in the people's eyes that, you know, we were able to deliver them what they wanted. I like this question a lot, Karina. Uh, of course, as part of these four years journey, we have had many ups and downs with different magical moments that I appreciate a lot. Uh, as I believe that this comes as a reward, I mean, for the efforts that you have put with your team and stakeholders driving uh, experience forward. If you ask me to pick one, it would be the day when we did the first demo for the, my workplace feature which has been done in collaboration with our colleagues from facilities management, sustainability, and so on external vendors. Let me provide you some context. I mean, it started when we created a challenge statement that stated something like, how can we transform house office into a smart workplaces that boost employees' productivity and provide a more personalized experience? And furthermore, how can we improve sustainability and space utilization by experimenting with emerging capabilities and technologies? This took us through our innovation methodology where we did multiple design thinking sessions and focus group to define the, the desired solution, where we identify that accessing the office space and reducing the energy consumption, particularly in AC, at the end we live in Saudi Arabia, so it's kind of warm, and big part of the year we are in high temperatures, 
uh, were key aspects to be considered in the initial iteration. So this led us to implement a solution that integrates a smart lock that is activated from the Cow Central lab, which is also integrated with the building management system that controls the AC and lights in our offices. So the magic moment, I mean, to answer your question, was the day when we activated the smart lock from the app and we saw the lights and the AC coming on, uh, which proved that the power of the ecosystem had to automate and reduce complexity for the end users, while also empowering our business colleagues uh, to explore enhancement opportunities. Wow, that's true magic. Uh, actually, not only making the life easier for the user, but even at the same time um, managing Uh, the environmental footprint and having a positive uh, effect here. That's, uh, wow, two two magics in one, so to say. <laughs> and and I like that, that comment because that's something that we say, how do you guys do it? And say, it's magic. That's in my... <laughs> simplify the journey for you. Let us handle the complexity for you. All that we care about is for you to have that single hub where you can actually get to work on and achieve your needs. Wow. Yeah, I really love that. Um, I think now that we've already been touching quite a lot on um, what you do with the applications that you build, um, I would like to actually dive a little bit deeper into um, your mobile journey from Kaust. And um, maybe you can start with giving us a short overview of the mobile journey uh, of Kaust and the focus of today's discussion, so the Kaust Central app. Sure, I'll be happy to do so. Um, here, I think it is important to mention that historically, there were different attempts to create mobile applications at Kaos, each one uh, focusing on a specific niche. I mean, so the rate of adoption was usually quite low. And this is one of the first things that we identify when we're given the mandate to transform Kaos in a smart city and living lab. At that time, talking about late 2019, 2019, early 2020, so the beginning of the COVID pandemic, what we did is that we reached out to our ecosystem of partners and we started discussion and collaboration where one of the main key stakeholders were Android, SAP, and the App House. What we realized is that uh, having a mobile platform that empowered all citizens and workers to access a personalized set of services was key to the success of our journey. And this is how, after defining our innovation methodology and identifying a specific use cases that to tackle, we started this journey back in 2020, where we were able to release the first version of the app in September 2021. Our vision for the Cal Central app is for it to become the reference platform and prefer hub. So it is a super app in our eyes, I mean, to access all Cal's experiences. As part of this journey, we had to make many architectural decisions uh, where one was to go native, uh, as we believe that it provided us more flexibility to adopt new capabilities as they are released. The use of SAP BTP as a primary backend system and we and how and the way how we would connect to external services as we needed to make sure that the app remained as lightweight as possible to be able to become the big hub that we are aspiring to become. We started with about three basic features, mostly informative, not very much interaction for the user. So it was more of one-way communication. And today we have over 18 capabilities um, and it's being used as a key channel to communi communicate with community members. 
and we're very excited for the opportunities coming forward. The key has been to learn from our mistakes and trying to avoid to do more than one than what we realistically can do with uh, within our team and our possibilities. Wow, that's great. So you collaborated with the SAP App House here as well. And uh, you, you said earlier, um, it's also important you shared your working with a um, talented team, but also to make sure that you only do what you can realistically achieve. Um, now I know that you also used um, the SAP BTP SDK for iOS. Um, so the software development kit. Um, and um, I asked myself, like, what was the benefit of leveraging the SDK? And did it actually help to kind of, um, yeah, use more or achieve more being a little bit more efficient by, by using the SDK instead of maybe some other background? Yeah. Yes, that's correct, Karina. When we start exploring the architecture, the best way to achieve this, uh, we identified that one of the key advantages was to utilize what we already had in place. You know, So we wanted to leverage as much as possible the existing infrastructure that our IT colleagues had already here in place. And Chaos has been using BTP for quite some time, SAP BTP and a service in the cloud, right? So for us was crystal clear, you know, so, okay, we already have this infrastructure, let's leverage it uh, as much as possible to simplify or to, yeah, to simplify our go-to market or or our journey to get this done. And, and I have to admit that it was the right decision, you know, so we were able to focus on what was important, functionality, engaging with the user, finding out what were the needs and being able to transition through our methodology in an agile approach where we allow or we also work together with our IT colleagues to ensure that the infrastructure was there in place. And as Andrew says, people doesn't really know that we're using SAP under the hood, right? And that is giving us a lot of flexibility and a lot of uh, off-the-shelf capabilities that we can use to, to achieve what, uh, what we're looking for. Oh, great. Um, and in that regard, um, I always find it interesting to hear um, from you whether you came across any end user feedback or did, or probably you did. So maybe to make it a little bit more precise, my question, what was the most surprising feedback that you received? Yes, uh, as experienced designers, feedback is key for us and we're constantly receiving and looking for it as we have also institutionalized it as part of our methodology. It's one of those key aspects that we always like to enforce and that we foster around. And we do this through multiple channels, so, uh, such as focus groups, interviews, feedback forms, and more. Actually, the fact that we're in a closed environment, Chaos as a university and a city, enable us to have really close contact with our users. And a lot of times when we're walking around, they bump into us and they tell us their needs or they give us feedback. So we found that to be extremely valuable and they know who we are. So that's really good to, as a really good tool and it enables our job. The type of feedback that we received has evolved a lot over time. At the very beginning, many times it was about curiosity and why this was required. I mean, why having a simple a single lab was important for cows, and which at the time was surprising for me. Uh, and we had to spend a lot of time doing alignment with the stakeholders. But now it is more about how can we add this functionality in the app? I mean, how can we be part of the journey, which is definitely telling us that we're in the right track. Uh, many times people approaches us with ideas, as I've mentioned, and many times it is about how can we optimize these different steps that we're doing today 
in uh, as a way to improve the the speed or the how they can actually get to to that target functionality that they are looking for. To answer your question again, I mean one that recently struck us was as part of my workplace uh, feature that I mentioned in the previous answer. Uh, one of the users told us about the challenges that he was facing because he opens two doors within a few seconds to one to another. And that was a use case that we didn't consider when we did the design and the logic. So now we're trying to tackle, and it has been a good learning opportunity. So for us, it is always key to be always open, to listen to people's needs and to learn from the feedback as understanding their needs is what help us to drive us to achieve the success that we're looking for. Yeah, that's that's great. And I think as you as you pointed out, um, by receiving this constructive and very precise feedback, um, it tells you implicitly uh, that the users are actually really using the app, leveraging the potential and are even willing to share their feedback to even improve it. Um, that's how important the app it is in the same time. So I think that's the that's the best feedback you can get. Right. And actually, if you allow me to add to it quickly, is that sure. being cow such a small city, what happens that a lot of time, even when I'm at gatherings because I have activities for my children, people even approaches me and say, oh, by the way, I know that you're the guy working in the app in your team. Uh, and they give you feedback even of working hours, right? So you say like, okay, this is great. You know, I, I'm working with <laughs> every day. So it's good feedback that you receive. Yeah, that, that's really nice that you also have that personal um, exchange and also people know you as the guy working on this mobile app, right? That's cool. Um, coming a little bit more into the um, aspect of collaboration with SAP, you touched on uh, the SAP App House and that you've been uh, collaborating with Andre a lot. Um, so maybe um, I'm pointing over to Andre now. Uh, can you share or give us an overview of how the collaboration went. Uh, I think from how I saw you, it was quite intensively how I know how you um, yeah, speak with each other. It seems like uh, your, your colleagues. <laughs> and yeah, describe it a little bit for the listeners so they can get an insight in how you collaborated. Yeah, I think on, on this project, uh, we started off in as, um, you know, understanding that there, there was a massive hurdle to tackle and that one, you know, was having to transform into what he calls a, a living lab and, and a smart city. And anyone who's who's tried that understands that, that, that that's no easy feat. And, and there's a plethora of different routes that you could travel down. Um, and, you know, you need to ensure that if you're going to take on um, that task, that, that you travel down, you know, down a path that is best practice. So you can deliver some quick outcomes um, because that senior executive team, while they were um, brave and, and courageous enough to go down this path, they want to see something happen quickly. And so one of the conversations I, I had with Juan was, let's take you over to the um, Apple Executive Briefing Center. Let's talk to the best people in the world, right? Apple's a partner of... Um, of SAPs and, and and the good thing with Apple is they're already working with some universities. Let's get some of the education guys from Apple to come and talk to us about what other universities are doing. Where are the quick wins? How could we do that? 
And so we were very lucky to be able to leverage the Apple partnership for Kaust as well and run a two-day executive briefing center at Cupertino. Um, after we did that, we then actually went up to the um, Palo Alto executive briefing center and sat down and took those learnings from what we'd gone from Apple and said, now that we've got this theory, now that we've got this logic from what we've learned, what can we build? What should we start working and building on so that we can um, return the trust back to um, the executive team to say, this is what we're gonna build. We're gonna build A, B, and C, and we're gonna deliver these quick wins um, um, for the team and the, the community on the ground. It may not be the, the things that initially that community and that ecosystem wanted, but they were the things that we could build quickly and we could deliver some quick wins so that we could re-engage with that ex executive team and say, let us now build the next one and the next one. So I think, you know, that partnership and and the faith and, and the courageousness, I think that that one and, and the executive team put into us um, and allowed us to show them, you know, the path to travel down was very brave and courageous for them as well to not only do that and listen, but to follow and to execute is critical. Yes, I subscribe everything Andre mentioned, and I believe it has been a win-win and an amazing journey that I'm still enjoying very much. As he mentioned, um, we were able to travel and see what other people was doing, which was fundamental at the very beginning. We worked with the SAP App House, who gave us really good support. We learned a lot from them, and we adopted many of their practices within our methodology. And as a matter of fact, I believe that this conversation is also part of this collaboration, and I'm really looking forward for the journey to continue and, and growing together in the future. So thank you very much. That sounds uh, very positive. I'd still ask the question I have here. If you were to start the journey again, what would you do differently? Or would you do something differently at all? Yes, I'm afraid that I, yes, I would do <laughs> <laughs> many, many things differently, right? So I would, I mean, keep it in mind that we started during COVID, right? So mm. sure, I would perhaps put a little bit more focus on enabling capabilities. I mean, these are foundational ones uh, that you need, how to authorize, how to authenticate people inside the app so you can actually personalize the service a lot more. Uh, I would be more careful with the use cases that you were selecting and engaging more with the stakeholders at front. One thing that, it, that we learned for sure, technology is never the problem. The problem is usually people, right? So you would be, mm -hmm we would be making sure that we speak a lot more with our stakeholders and we would slice and iterate as much as possible to try to go with more, even smaller baby steps to make sure that we're going in the right path as we learn through it. So we, we made a lot of mistakes, um, but we took it in a positive way, right? We learned from them. Mm. Yeah, I think that's what uh, probably all the listeners here can tell. Uh, you're speaking very positively, still being honest enough to mention there have been uh, mistakes and, and you took them as learning. So you um, you took something from them, which uh, yeah is, is a great thing. Um, so thank you so far. We are almost at the end of the episode. Um, what I like to, to point as last question here is um, looking ahead. So maybe um, imagining we speak again in, in, in two years or so, 
Um, what are the next steps, the next project, or what would we be talking about um, in two years in such an episode? Again, I love this question because it's part of our methodology, right? I mean, you always, when you want to define or where the next experience that you want to, to create, you need to envision what would be the end result, right? So once that you have in your mind how that is going to be looking, how people is going to feel about it, then you can actually be a better designer for that experience, right? So next steps, we plan to continue facilitating, I mean, working on the office space to empower more the users how to leverage more and simplify the journey in the office space. We also like to work with our security colleagues into improve uh, access to different locations uh, within cows and the, the, the journey for our visitors. Today, the journey visiting cows is not where we like it to be. So we're, we're looking forward to put some efforts into simplifying that and to make it more holistic. And if, if we sit down again in two years and have this conversation, I hope that uh, we can be talking about a uh, consolidated platform that is utilized for, I don't know, 8,000, 8,000 people on a daily basis and is actually simplifying the life of everyone at Cows and all the visitors. And uh, we can actually be saying uh, all the whole bunch of services that we have as a preferred hub, which is a vision that we have become the preferred hub and super app for access Cows experiences. Wow, oh, that's great closing words, actually. Uh, if I may, I, I think, um... Uh, you're on a good track here, um, at, at least from what I hear from the conversation. Thank you both, Andre and uh, Juan, very much for joining the podcast. Uh, it was great to have you here as guests, and I hope to speak to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.